You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Oz Network as we continue with our coverage of the third watch. We are now officially to the 15th episode of season two. The iconic, the infamous, I don't know what you want to say, Requiem for a Bantamweight. First aired on the 12th of February, 2001. This was written by John Wells and directed by Christopher Chalak. Uh, obviously, two of the big, big wigs when it comes to this show. Uh, my name is Ben, and stop talking to me when I'm in the shower. I can't hear what you say. <laughs> My name's Darvell, and unfortunately, I have no quote for this episode, but good to see Bobby finally get a decent storyline. <laughs> I will say that. <laughs> yeah. Bobby finally gets a decent storyline this season. And what happens when he gets one? Uh, yeah, this episode... Um, You're about to find out. Yeah, wow. Like, this, this is a big episode. I actually, I actually remember... I would have been 14 when this aired in Australia. I actually remember watching this in Australia. I remember what happened, and I remember talking to my mum at length about this uh, the next day. So uh, this is one of those rare occasions where I remember watching this episode. Um, But, yeah, this is... this. Ask any fan of Third Watch to rank 10 episodes that they remember or that they find, you know... Uh, the most memorable. I'm not necessarily saying the best. I mean, they might, you might argue this is, you know, up there, but this is by far top 10 most memorable episodes in terms of what happens. Um, we, I'd say top 20, top 25 best, maybe top 30. Um, it's a solid, it's a good episode, and obviously it's memorable and iconic for what will happen, but, um, yeah, I, it's funny, like, we've had this ongoing joke of Bobby Goes Nowhere, hashtag Bobby Goes Nowhere, and I've kind of always alluded to the fact, well, you know, when we get to a certain point, Bobby has to go somewhere. And, like, we actually get a, like, Bobby's got an interesting backstory. So, like, it kind of baffles me that we don't get more of Bobby, and maybe they just gave up on him, because, again, oh, we know you're leaving, Mr. Cannavale, so let's just not give you anything until you leave. So, um, yeah, I don't know, like, I mean... We're going to be talking a lot about Bobby in the next two episodes, more than we've talked about him all season. Um, I like Bobby. I always liked Bobby. Um, but yeah, obviously when we've got our first major character leaving the show, we're going to we're gonna do it a bit differently in terms of how they're going to show the guy. But I mean, I don't know. Like, do you kind of have any pre-thoughts on Bobby in these kind of next two episodes, I guess? Who'd have guessed that Bobby was once into boxing? Yeah. That's what I mean, how Bobby's interesting. Bobby's got some interesting backstory to him, you know, with his family and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, I mean, where's this boxing backstory more of Bobby? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. And in this corner, future <laughs> paramedic Bobby Caffey. And in this corner, his friend, Polly Fuentes. <laughs> now, let's get ready to rumble! <laughs> Wow. You've done that before, haven't you? Uh, <laughs> Actually, no, I haven't. <laughs> you sure about that? Uh, <laughs> that's, um, yeah, that's that's brilliant. Well, I had to. Um, yeah, it's, it's the one thing I've got to say about this, and I kind of alluded to a few episodes ago, I feel, in terms of what they might have been able to do differently with this. And, like, I don't want to take away what they do with Paulie and Bobby because it's, they what they do well with this in kind of bringing in a random new person in Bobby's life is we get a great little flashback backstory here with it kind of we get it all in the pre-credit sequence like it works well I like Bobby's narration here and explaining about it growing up so I, I'm not saying I don't like this storyline I think it's a good storyline to kind of conclude what will happen with Bobby my one thing though that I think they could have done which maybe would have been a bit different you might disagree with this and it might be a bit of a left of field thought bring back Maddie like bring back Maddie from the first season. Don't have, don't invent Paulie. Just have Maddie and have Maddie do this to Bobby because that's even got more depth to it. So I don't know what you think about that. That's just a random thought I've always had. Like, make this Matty coming back, not Paulie. That would have been too predictable. Really? Yeah. As in what Maddie coming because back are, or what Maddie does? Because, well, hypothetically speaking, if they brought bad, if they brought Maddie back what Maddie does and all that, because we know Maddie's history. We know, we, we, we know him already. I don't know. 
Well, I mean, I, I, I agree with that. I'm not, I'm not going to disagree with you. I mean, it's a very good point. It, you, you're absolutely right. You, you would say it is predictable. But I just, I kind of think it might also have like a bit more emotional heart to it, if you know what I mean. Like, and I'm not saying it doesn't have emotional heart. It definitely has emotional heart with kind of what will happen. Um, but yeah, I don't know what I'm trying to say here. But like, I don't know. It's just, I just kind of randomly thought that that like, imagine what would they do here if you know. Um, this this happens. So, but that's just a thought to have, and obviously we'll get to it. But yes, getting into this episode, I, I do like what they do. Kind of this this opening narration where they have sort of Bobby explaining, going into detail about his relationship with Paulie, and then obviously you know when it comes down to um you know like Gina and oh he even shared his sister. Um, which, you know, sounds like creepy, but obviously, you know, he explains it. It does. It, it really does because he even shared his, he even shared his sister with me. Okay, Polly, you shared your sister with Bobby. So what the fuck were you doing? With, you know, it, it obviously, yeah, it, it comes down to it. You know, they, it's, they explain it well. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, it's, I just, I just like how they get into this and I like the backstory. I like kind of showing it sort of, you know, and even we get a bit of a, you would argue Maddie returns anyway. We kind of get a bit of a scene of this young guy taking on two beat cops. It's meant to be Maddie, so there you go. He sort of comes back. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just I like it. And then we obviously we learned a bit about Paulie. He was a boxer. He was pretty good, and he got knocked out by some Puerto Rican guy. Um, and then we never get to. That's it. They grew apart. And um, look, I think it's it's just it hits it. It automatically strikes an emotional chord. And I think that's what this does well because. Like, without spoiling this episode and next episode, and we'll probably talk more about this next episode when we come to sort of talk over... Because whenever a major character will leave, I guess we'll kind of talk about them and sort of go over them and sort of, you know, give a bit of extra time to talk about Because we're not going to be talking about them anymore in the future. Um, but it, it's interesting to kind of note the way Bobby leaves. Only three times this will happen to a major character... I think people are kind of alluding to what I'm saying here, but, like, you know, I don't want to go out and fully spoil it, even though you have seen this episode if you're listening, I hope. Um, But I would say that they go into the most depth with Bobby leaving in the style he does out of all the characters. Having said that, I definitely disagree with certain element to Bobby leaving how he does and then just glossing over it pretty quickly. We'll get to that. But I don't know what I'm trying. It's hard, kind of hard to go into this Darvel without flat out saying how he leaves. Um, but I just I like this emotional chord you're automatically getting struck into, and I think kind of you know watching this show right now something's going to happen to Bobby because they're going into way too much detail for this guy that we ignored for a whole season. So uh, yeah, I, I, and there's only reason. There's only one reason you would do that. It's because to find out Bobby's pregnant! Yay! <laughs> yeah, anyway, that's a bad joke, man. Um, so, uh, I just, one little thing I want to point out here. I, d- I do have to randomly comment on Bobby's hat when he's sitting in the crowd watching Paulie get knocked out. <laughs> Bobby Cannavale does not suit that hat. Uh, I mean, he's an attractive guy. He's a, you know, a charismatic guy. You want to chill with Bobby Cannavale? Why not? Just don't wear a hat like that, Bobby. Yeah, crack open a beer with him. Absolutely. Or... I'd chill with Bobby. Bobby and I would get along well, I think. Um, <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> we, uh, we have the credits. Uh, we're back into Bobby's house. We've got a nice... Well, it's not Bobby's house. It's Bobby's mum's house. We see a nice little photo of Bobby as a kid. He's fixing up his mum's internet. Now, here's a random trivia question for you, Darvell. We know Bobby and Kim mm-hmm. are closely affiliated in this show. Uh... What random trivia can you tell me about Bobby and Kim's mum? Like, each of their individual mums. What similarity do these two have in the history of Third Watch? Hmm. Wild guess here. Different actresses to play the same characters. Ding, 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 ding. You are correct. Uh, (laughs) For Just like Kim's mother was recast as we've already met Kim's mum this season... For some reason, the original actress who played uh, Bobby's mum was recast, and we have a different actress. So, uh, our first Mrs. Caffey, I don't think we ever get a name, uh, at least in the first season, was played by Socorro Santiago, uh, and then apparently she gets a first name of Teresa. Uh, This time around, she's played by Miriam Colon. So, uh, they've aged her by about 20 years, and they've shrunk her down a few inches. 
Um, so it's kind of like, at least with Kim's mum, it's kind of, because the first time you see Kim's mum, it's a real blink and you miss it. You don't actually see her that much. Whereas the second kind of Kim's mum, I reckon you remember more. I always remember Bobby's mum the first time around than this second time around. So, um, yeah, this is Bobby's mum, but it's not really Bobby's mum. It's a different woman. So, <laughs> <laughs> Just, you know. And and also during this scene, I, I love it when, you know, she was talking. Was it this scene or was it a later scene? Where um, she was saying something about uh, she can't get phone she can't get phone calls when her computer's connected to yeah, the internet it's or something like that when i yeah when i saw when i saw when i heard that when i heard that in that little scene i was thinking to myself oh the days of dial up well, this, who, yeah. who listening remembers dial up this is this is definitely one of those moments where this show is dated <laughs> because yeah particularly when he's like mama you need to get another line so you can stay on the phone and use the internet at the same time um, so, oh, it's too complicated. <laughs> like, yeah, this is definitely early 2000s first world problems. Uh, like, yep. I remember when we first got the internet at home and we had dial up and it was kind of like you'd use MSN and you'd be all that, but then all of a sudden it would get cut out because, you know, my grandma's ringing my mum. And I'm like, mum, I'm on, you know, I'm trying to, oh, Nan will just call. Won't be like, oh, come on, I'm on MSN. <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> yeah. um, oh, man. And nowadays, nowadays you'd have to live way out in the sticks to even be considering using dial-up. Well, I remember, like, nowadays, like, obviously, it's just everybody has the internet on their phone. It's just normal. You've got Wi-Fi. Like, you're just chilling in right, your bedroom. Like, right. I remember back when, like, I when I first got a mobile phone, or as you would call it, a cell phone, um, that, like... Yeah, yeah. To get internet was hard. It was called WAP back then. I think it was, like, Wireless Automated Protocol or whatever it stands for. And, like, to get WAP, only certain websites would use it. So, like, you couldn't just go on to your sports result pages and things. Like, there used to be a thing here in Australia where if I wanted, like, a sports score and I it was on my phone, I couldn't, you know, be near a TV or use the internet. I had to text a number and they would send you a sports score and it cost you, like, 50 cents every single time. And I still always get told off, like, because my parents used to pay my phone bill. So, um, yeah, like, just little random things like that, like... You know, kids these days, Darby, I don't know how good they've got it. Oh, they get their phone, or I can go on the internet straight away and look up, you know, what the sports score is. Like, you know, back when I was a boy. Uh, do you remember when your parents used to say that yeah. to you? Back when I and was I, a boy, we didn't I have colour television. And I was the same age, Ben. Exactly. And, like, we used to think how prehistoric that worked. And now here we are. We're saying the same things about kids these days. Um, but yeah, so... This, they don't know how easy they've got it, wouldn't you say? Uh, you sound like Sully, just like, needed some cough lollies or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> they don't know how easy they've got it, wouldn't you say? Sully's just aged a lot. Um, so... Yeah, but he's still saying, crap. Yes. Uh, so he's setting up his mom, got to get her an ATM card, apparently. Uh, but then we find out Gina Fuentes was here. Oh, Gina Fuentes? Uh, and it's like, she's still married. You leave her alone. <laughs> I like, I like Bobby's mum. I mean, I like first Bobby's mum better, but I still like second Bobby's mum. She seems nice. Um, but, um, sorry, I just was laughing. So does Gina. Yeah, but she does. Um, so, now we're, uh, Sully. Uh, I, I thought this was Sully's house. This has to be Tatiana's house when Sergey just walks in. Um, but, uh, Sally's just having a shave and he's, having, you know, clearly, as I said at the end of last episode, a bit of time has passed between these episodes because they're very comfortable. They're showering, they're bickering, you know, it's just like a sort of a typical couple at this point. Um, and, you know, talking about like, oh, we haven't been out in weeks, you know, we should go somewhere. And Sally kind of starts to reference, like, oh, maybe I could pay for some things. Um, and then <laughs> Tatiana yelling at Sally, stop talking to me while I'm in the show. I can't do what you'll say. Um, so just, you know, nice little bickering. Sally walks out to the kitchen mm-hmm. and a guy just happens to walk into the kitchen, goes to the fridge, drinks some juice. Um, he's like, what's up? Um, then out comes Tatiana in a bathrobe. I got to go get some sleep. Kisses her on the lips. And, uh, oh, you met Sergey. Uh, then, you know, just, I, props here to Skip started acting. Because you can just tell, like, how shocked and devastated he is in the way he's kind of stammering his words. Like, this would be any man's reaction, I think, to kind of thinking you're in this relationship. You've got this great little, you know, thing going on. And you've got this beautiful woman. And in comes a young guy and just kisses her. You're not automatically going to go, oh, that's clearly a son. 
Um, because again, like as we'll get pointed out in this episode, he does not look old enough to be her, or young enough to be her son. Like, you know, this kind of, we'll get a bit more of explanation that obviously in the next episode. Oh, this episode, sorry. Um, so, you know, he's not my lover, he's my son. Um, so, yep, cool. Uh, Sergey, he becomes a bit of a thing, doesn't he, Sergey? Yeah, yeah, he becomes a bit of a thing, uh... Late season three, early season four. Yeah. Obviously, that's going to lead in some real heated stuff with uh, Tatiana. Um, so, we get a bit of a scene here between Davis and Sully and um, talking about uh, kissing on the mouth. Uh, they do that in Eastern Europe. Um, oh, actually, I've skipped over a scene there. Sorry, Kim and Bobby just have a random scene in the ambulance. Um, and kind of going a bit, bit of a backstory about Gina and Kim's is basically like, oh, so, you know, you wanted to go fool around a little bit more, so you left her. Sergio's right for being a jerk. Um, just, you know, random Kim, you know, and Bobby's just like, oh, get over it. Fair enough. It's, you know, classic Bob and Kimmy. Bobby and Kimmy. Mm-hmm. Apparently I said it around the wrong way. Bob and Kimmy instead of Kim and Bobby. I'm doing my Bosco, my Bocus and Yosco here, uh, Darville. I'm just losing my mind. Um, <laughs> so... I don't know why I find that so funny every time one of us says Yasko and Bocus, but I just... <laughs> we need to start saying uh, for... Cobby and Bim. Um... <laughs> so we've got... Co- or or, da- or Darlos and... Darlos and Cock. Yep. Yeah. There we go. Uh... Or... or Savus and Dully. Savus and... <laughs> and who, how do, can we swap around this Jimmy is... and Taylor? Timmy and Jayla. Uh, <laughs> sure. Yeah, there we go. We can do Renamed that. our characters on Third Watch. It's a new game every week. Uh, <laughs> um, oh, man. Con- Conroe and, and Mruz. Um, uh, yeah. Face um, and Guinea. Um, <laughs> yep. Oh, my God. I'm losing it here. Anyway. So I do do like this conversation with Sully and Davis. How, like, Davis is basically going like, oh, oh, that's the boyfriend and they're planning to murder you. And Sully's just like, oh, you've been watching court TV again, haven't you? It's like, oh, you know, he doesn't live with him. lives out in Queens with better schools. And then just um, uh, Davis drops the Star Wars line. I've got a bad feeling about this. Uh, Which, look, I mean, in all fairness, like, I think kind of Davis has got a point here. Like, Like, this is kind of what I was saying a few episodes ago with Tatiana. It's like... We kind of are getting into this storyline now of, is she just using him to get, you know, staying in the country? And I think they drop enough subtle hints to believe that the audience is trying to believe that this could be the case. Because as I mentioned, like with Tatiana... Very well, could you know, be. You'll make good benefits as policeman. And like, you know, what we're obviously going to get in this episode. Like, marry me, do you love me? No. <laughs> like, it's just kind of like, you know... I I feel I definitely agree with I definitely can see Davis's point. I can see Sully kind of obviously stuck in the middle here because I'm I'm going to be honest with you. I'm Sully in this position. I'm thinking with my dick. Let's be honest. But like I'm thinking it's better than it is. But clearly I could be being used. Hello, that's my story of my life. So um, I think that um, yeah, I I definitely definitely am I'm seeing all the sides here with this. Um, and I mean anything. To, it's a fun little scene though between these two. It is uh, the days of the days of court TV. Oh God! Yep, I still. Yeah, the days. I I loved court TV. I loved watching that back in the day. I hate true TV now <laughs> because it's it's a, just more that reality shit. My um... back then, back when it was court TV, it was the it was the true crime shows. I love true crime shows. My uh, my ex fiance's mother used to love Judge Judy. So when we would go to her house, she'd be sitting on the couch watching Judge Judy. So um, that was mildly entertaining. But, um, you know, it's one of those things that's always going to remind you of a person because it was just so kind of yeah. there. But I, I'm, talking the, I'm talking the true crime stuff, you know, like, like do they have, like, say, foreign for Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, another ex there. of mine, yeah. she was into that. You know, like, she would always watch those shows. So, yeah, no. No, I know exactly... What you're talking about, W. Um, so we are, um, 
We're back at the firehouse. Uh, Jimmy's apparently on Kim's couch. So an episode ago when we learnt that uh, Jimmy was, you know, saying at his parents, he's moved to Kim's couch. Notice how, like, um, when the plotline doesn't call for, for it. For the 100,000th time. But when the plotline doesn't call for it, we're not going to see these two hooking up. This is a season ago. He's just going to be on, his, on her couch. He's going to be in her bed. But now, no, they've got the boundaries. He's been on the couch for, like, three weeks. Um, and I kind of like here when Bobby just kind of isn't really listening. He's like, you've been listening to a word I say? And Bobby's just like, oh, on and off. Um, and then, like, obviously, <laughs> I think that there's a subtle reference to about Jimmy trying to get Brooke back, but Brooke wants to shoot him. And remember, she's a cop, folks. Um, and then I like kind of... So she could do that very easily. I love Bobby going up to the coffee and then Carlos just like, oh, I've had the last cup. Did you make another pot? It's like, I always make the coffee. And what is it? Uh, Doc's like, unfortunately. Um, and then, like, Bobby just walks off, tells Jimmy to get his own place. We see Gina. Gina's there. Kim sort of meets her. We kind of have a bit of a an awkward moment. Oh, I heard a lot about you. Oh, really? Um, and then sort of Kim walks off, and Bobby's just like, oh, sorry, she thinks she's my mother. And then straight away, Gina's just like, oh, you too? And she's, he's just like, no. And he's like, oh, come on, never? And he's just like, yeah, which is, it's kind of interesting, isn't it? Like with, with sort of an ex-girlfriend and this sort of stuff, some of that you haven't seen for a while. There's always kind of this weird thing. And I don't know if you get this or other people listening to this get this. There's always like a weird thing between exes that even if you haven't seen, you're kind of being jovial and being civil. When another girl gets brought up or another boy gets brought up, there's always that automatic thing of like, oh, did you two ever? Like, I don't know why people need to know that in ex-relationships. Like, it's just a weird thing that you kind of need to know who's like there's always that part of you that still questions it if that makes sense it's a weird thing yeah it's a i would say it's a secure a security thing or lack thereof because i mean let's say you ask that the person says oh yeah yeah we went there or or yeah then you want to know okay well how was it with him or how was it with her because i mean automatically you're thinking oh fuck now i have to measure up to this yeah True. There's always that. Yeah, that's a, that's a very good point. Um, but yeah, I, I, it's, I mean, these two, like, we don't get Gina for long. Um, I mean, Gina's there. Cool, Gina. I, I like Gina, though. She's, you know, her and Bobby have got a bit of chemistry. Like, you can see these two would have been a thing back in the day, don't you think? Mm-hmm. You know? Unlike Doc and Beverly. <laughs> Fuck Beverly. Uh, <laughs> give me Gina any day of the week. Um... But obviously, Gene is here, and it's Paulie. He's in trouble. Oh, oh, here we go. Um, so this is when shit gets real. So we drive out to um, this pretty shitty neighborhood, as Kim points out. Kim's going to stay in the car. So we're in. We don't can't go on the elevator. We're going to go up the stairs, go inside, and here's poor old Paulie passed out on the floor. He's overdosed on drugs. Um, and then calls Kim for help. We get some nice little flashbacks here, kind of. I, I like the flashbacks here where we've got these two little kids, obviously, uh, Paulie and Bobby, and you've got this one here of, like, Paulie's jumped over this big gap in buildings, and Bobby doesn't want to do it, and Paulie's kind of giving him the chicken arms, like, you know, come on, jump, you chicken, as often kids would do this age. It's, it's not. It, it mm-hmm. works well, these flashbacks. Like, sometimes there are flashback sort of situations in Third Watch or what they do with certain things like this that don't work, but this is one that I think definitely works. Um... So, yeah, it's a, it's a nice little scene sort of there, but we obviously kind of flash it through and it fades into Bobby's face. Um, and, yeah, we, we get... <laughs> I've written here, always drinking coffee. They're always giving each other coffees. Um, and obviously he's talking to Gina and finding out how long it's been this bad and, um, you know, he's obviously been stuck on drugs for a long time and uh, Gina can't really do anything about it because her husband won't have him in the house around the kids. Um, and obviously Bobby kind of rolls his eyes. For good reason. Well, absolutely. Bobby kind of scoffs, and then Gene's kind of like, oh, you don't know. A lot's happened since you've been not being here or whatever. Um, so, yeah, this is kind of just a nice little setup between these. Uh, meanwhile, we've got uh, Davis and Sully just kind of checking out a fake alarm call and talking a little bit more about um, Tatiana. Davis is obviously asking, you know, oh, is she legal? Um, and I kind of like... Um, <laughs> there's a few little funny scenes here when, like, uh, Davis is, they're looking through this alarm call and there's, like, this, what is it, like a metal door and there's this painted, like, you know, sexy woman and they've kind of got a slot where you've got to open it to kind of look in the thing and Davis is just like, excuse me, ma'am, because <laughs> he's got to, like, look through this slot. <laughs> um, but then, like, when, um, 
<laughs> when David says, like, oh, how about I show up tomorrow morning, knock on the door and yell immigration. If she jumps out the window, then you know what uh, you oh, do. And, da- and Man, like- I just remembered that quote. <laughs> when I watched that episode this morning, I was... I, I thought I was going to use that one, but then it completely left my head. Start again. Oh, we'll, re- we'll redo this whole episode. You can go back and do that. Um, <laughs> no, that's all right. I like, I like kind of when Sally just storms off and Davis is like, I've got the keys. He's like, you're a big-ass baby. You know that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so funny. Uh, meanwhile, we're back at the hospital um, and Bobby's going to try and uh, check his check poorly into a uh, clinic. Rehab. Well, he's, he's going to train in rehab, but at least he talks to Dr. Montville and says, look, can you just keep him here for a little bit longer? Dr. Montville actually goes along with it and says, look, he's gone at eight when I'm gone. So nice Dr. Montville moment. We don't get a whole lot from Dr. Montville, but he's a nice moment for him. Um, but then we go into the room and he's poorly. He's leaving anyway. Um, he's uh, taking all his uh, bits and pieces off. He's got a big-ass tattoo on his back. I like it when he kind of sees Bobby and he's just like, Bobby. And then they, you know, obviously he says, oh, I've been better. And, oh, my baby sister been back in my business. He wants his jacket, so he takes a hospital uh, blanket, um, shoves Gina out of the way, walks off. Bobby's offering to take him uh, back to his house, but uh, just lets him walk off. Now, I just want to take this moment to talk here about the actor who plays um, uh, Paulie. Kirk... Yep, Kirk Acevedo. Acevedo, thank you very much. Now... He's one of these ones, again, similar to what we get here in Third Watch. He's been in lots of things. Like, this is a guy that you'll see in, you know, tons and tons of things. Scrolling through his uh, credits here, uh, he was in Band of Brothers. He was in Law and Order, Trial by Jury, um, Fringe, uh, Prime Suspect, uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., 12 Monkeys, a TV series. He's in Law and Order, SVU. Um, and he's kind of, I love SVU. Currently, uh, recently been in a show called Kingdom. But I think what he's probably, um, it was actually even in 24. I don't remember him in 24. He was, oh, I shouldn't remember him. I do. Day oh, five. Gosh, who was he? Who was he in 24? Tw- uh, he's played George, I'm to remember uh, he- George Avila in season five, 2 a.m. to 3 a.m. Um, I vaguely actually do remember seeing him quickly, but, um, the thing that I, yeah, he's probably best known for being in a little TV show called Oz, where he played Miguel Alvarez. Now, the reason I bring up this, I've, I never watched Oz, never was a show that I, I ever got into. I hear it's very good, um, and it's, you know, one of these kind of binge-worthy sort of shows, but I do remember randomly flicking channels one time, and Oz was on. And I saw our beloved Paulie here. Who else did I happen to see in the same episode? Our beloved Bobby, Bobby Cannavale. And if I am not mistaken, him and, like, these two, because, you know, it's prison. There was a bit of homosexuality in this show. If I'm not mistaken, I remember seeing Bobby and Paulie hook up, <laughs> which weirded the fuck out of me because I'm like, Really? We, what happens in third watch between these two? Now, I could be mistaken. I might be thinking it was somebody else. But if there are Oz fans out there, please, like, clarify this with me. If this actually happened. Because I, for some reason, always remember seeing Bobby and Paulie hook up in Oz. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you ever saw Oz or... No. Yeah, nope. I, I don't, I'm trying to sort of go through, like, Oz Wiki and stuff like that, and I'll have to maybe do a bit more into it. But, um, yeah, but he's, he's a great actor. Kirk Acevedo, is that how you said his name? Um, great actor. Acevedo, Acevedo, I don't know exactly how it's said, but it's something like that. He's a, he's a great... He's kind of got that look about... Like, the thing about him, though, is, like, he's definitely... And I don't know if it sounds mean to dear old Kirk, but, like, he kind of looks like a druggie. <laughs> so, like, he, these, they, they at least make him up and sort of, you know, dress him and his mannerisms. And, like, he's very believable as kind of an addict. So, um, yeah, I, I, I props him. I, he's Obviously, we're going to get into a bit with him in these sort of two episodes. And in terms of, like, mm-hmm. what happens, he's not exactly the most memorable one that we want to like, but... You kind of almost like Paulie, even though he's sort of the person you're not meant... You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's got that weirdness about him. I don't know if that's just Kirk's acting ability, but there's just something about him obviously being memorable and just everything that he kind of, you know... Yeah, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but yeah, he's good. <laughs> well, he's not good, but he's he's good as in, like, the character, the acting of the character. He play he plays it. He plays it well. Thank the you. The character's not good, but... Yes, that's exactly what I was trying to say. 
and you said it better than I did. So thank you. <laughs> um, no problem, Ben. Sully's home. Quick little scene here. He's going to go uh, visit Tatiana, but he hears loud music. Turn that music down, Sergey. Um, so Sully just goes home. Um, then it's 4.19 a.m. because the door's buzzing and Bobby wakes up. Who the hell is it? It's yep. Polly. I'm sick. Um, I love how they say, what happened to your blanket? I lost it. Oh, poor, poor Polly's blanket. Um, so obviously he's gone through withdrawal. Bobby's kind of saying, oh, you might have hypothermia or frostbite. Um, Paulie tries to take some of his drugs. Bobby basically says, okay, I'll give you one, but you've got to go to uh, detox. You've got yep. to go to rehab. Uh, he promises him. Um, a Vicodin, yeah. A Vicodin. So we'll, we'll come back to that in a minute. Um, Sally in the morning, uh, Tatiana knocks on the door and uh, you didn't come around last night. Um, and... Yeah, Sally kind of admits his feelings here, you know. Um, it makes me afraid. What other things are you are you keeping from me here that you kept Sergey from me? Um, and then he sort of flat out asks her, uh, are you here legally? Uh, we find out she's not. Um, and then kind of, uh, Tanya and I was like, do you like me? He's like, I like you a lot. I like you too. Uh, smiles at each other and they come inside. Now... A couple of things I want to say about this. Like, Sully, first of all, like, what I like about kind of what we're getting here with Sully and Tatiana right now is we, what we've got from Sully is kind of this hard guy. He doesn't really talk about his feelings. We see the sort of stuff with Davis. Like, you know, he's not the type of guy to just talk about, you know, if he's feeling happy or sad. He's not He's not going on Facebook anytime soon. You know, <laughs> John Sullivan oh, feeling no. depressed, sad face. Um, so, like, he's not, he's not that guy. But I kind of like these scenes here where you get vulnerable Sully. And he's trying to open up, and he, yes. he can't really do it. But, you know, again, props do, to Skip Sardis. Great acting. Do you, you, do you, lo- do you love me? You, <laughs> not quite there yet. But yeah. uh, it's really, it, yeah, it's, it's, like, really believable with everything. So, I mean, I just wanted to kind of put that as a side thing, because I, I do have a nitpick here about some of the back backstory. But, uh, I mean, you got to love vulnerable Sully, don't you? I mean, it's kind of a new side to his character. <laughs> yep. I mean, it's, it's not... Uh easy to be vulnerable, even if you're the kind of person who does get into their feelings mm-hmm. more than what Sully does. It's still not... It's easy to get into your feelings, yeah, but it's... Trust me, it's hard as hell to express them. Absolutely agree, for sure. Um, the nitpick, though, I've got to say here, she says that she's been on a... She came to America on a tourist visa three years ago, so she's not legal. Now, let's rewind back to True Love, episode 12, where she tells Sully she's been there for two years. Now, are we... Which is it, Tatiana? Is this just, again, of the writers have forgotten? Is this Tatiana just going out of her way to kind of lie a little bit? She lied two years ago, three years. You know, because some would argue that some people don't necessarily remember things spot on, so two, three years, like, you know, it's it's not like she said eight years followed by it's three years. Um... Yeah, I just I actually went back and looked at my notes quickly because as soon as she said three years, I'm like, I swear she said two years. So I quickly scrolled through my notes in my notebook to go back to uh, True Love. And I'm like, all oh, right, she did say two years. I wrote that down. So um, just little nitpick there. Again, it's not a major one. Um, this isn't kind of some of the lazy story writing that we've had in the past uh, that we've kind of talked about, uh, you know, in recent episodes or ones that we're going to get uh, sort of um, moving forward. But um yeah, I just wanted to just to point that one out to, to people paying attention at home. Uh, I don't know if you noticed that or not, or am I just really being anal with my viewpoints here? <laughs> no, I wasn't really paying too much attention to yeah, that. You were literally Bobby and Kim, <laughs> like, you know, oh, yeah, in and out. <laughs> when you're watching the episode, ah, oh, in and out. <laughs> um, yeah. So, what do we got Although here? I've made mental notes to myself to start trying to pay closer attention to even the smallest things. Look, once you do these for a while, uh, Darvel, you notice, like, and this is this is what will happen, is you'll do this with me for a while, and you'll start watching another show, and then you'll start nitpicking shows, and you're not even podcasting about them. And you'll be like, oh, God, look at me go. Like, I'm just nitpicking everything. So, um, <laughs> I don't know if it's a good yeah. or a bad thing. I mean, it's it's a, it's a I think it's a double-edged sword. Like, it's good for a lot of reasons, but it's also, you know, you don't want to find yourself overly critical. Like, if you're watching an episode of Dora the Explorer, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, it's so not believable that Dora would do that. Like, it's like, Ben, it's a cartoon. Like, yeah. calm down. Stop watching Dora yeah. the Explorer. You're 30 years old. Yep. Grow up. Uh, uh, right, right now, my right now, my favorite show is, and I'm sure you've heard of this one. This is us. I've heard of it, never watched it. Uh, I mean, it's the 
it's the big show right now, isn't it? Everybody's watching that show, so. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. No, I don't know if I can handle a show filled with as much emotion as I hear it's in got. So, um, I mean, don't knock it. Don't no, knock no, no, I'm not knocking it. it by all means. I just don't think I have the mental stability to watch a show like that right now. So, uh, I really want to watch Thirteen Reasons Why. I've heard that's really good, but um, yeah, I don't know if my uh, emotions can handle watching a show like that, um, considering that I bawled my eyes out in the next episode of this and I've probably never cried in that episode before so that shows how my ability is at the moment to contain my emotions um anyway so we um Paulie he's awake he's searching the kitchen looking for coffee filters apparently um making some breakfast he got a bit of sleep uh, he's gonna go back to his sisters and go back to a uh, rehab again just like he's just such a good actor here Kirk of, of Acevedo I'm just gonna call him Kirk um, just the way he kind of plays poorly. Like, he just really does seem like this strung out guy who's just, you know, recovering. It's just done so well. And, and I'm not trying to also say that Bobby Cannavale's not acting well. I mean, he's doing very well here. He's kind of like trying to help out his friend. I mean, we, we seem to always talk up these actors in their individual episodes and we need to give definite credit to Bobby Cannavale. And we're going to talk a lot more about him, I feel, in the next episode. But he definitely handles these two episodes very well with everything that happens. I mean, you would argue kind of more so in this episode, because I guess kind of what you're seeing in this episode is real. And in the next episode, when we see Bobby Cannavale, it's kind of in a dreamish sort of sequence. Um, not to say that that's not good acting either, but yeah. Um, so props to both of these guys here. And it's, it's that sort of weird chemistry where, again, they're not romantically linked unless they're in Oz. Uh, so, like, they kind of work <laughs> off each other uh, very well here. So I want to talk a bit more about Bobby Cannavale next episode, because I don't think we've ever really given him as, as much props for his acting ability Maybe because he really doesn't have much to do with his acting ability in Third Watch. Um, but yes, or at least in the second season. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. There's no dirty kids involved anywhere here. Uh, but so he's, we get this kind of great scene when, you know, Paul is like, you ever notice how long uh, when you're dying for a cup of coffee it takes? And then we get this nice little scene when they're explaining a little story about him, um, you know, his dad coming home while him and Bobby... Oh, I love that. Oh, I him and Bobby. Bobby and Gina are having sex on the roof and <laughs> running out with his hairy last down the high fire escape. It's fun. It's a fun little story. Yeah, and and Paul, and Polly trying to trying to keep their trying to keep their dad distracted long enough for Bobby to get away. And this is like this is what I'm saying. And to, Gina's hiding behind the chimney. Yeah, well, this is like definitely like a camera. This is uh, like. We talk so much about how natural, like, Bosco and Yokus are, Davis and stuff, all the pairings are, how natural they feel. The, I mean, we've this is the first time we've seen them have a conversation. The only time we'll see them have a conversation that isn't, you need to get help, you need to get help. Like, it's this is just legitimate friends talking. And, Darvell, we've all got the people like this in our lives that will come back into our lives, whether we haven't seen them in six months, six years. And they're in a room. You have a conversation with you, and you're right back to where you were when you used to be close to them. We all have people like that yes. in our lives, and you will you do this. You tell like, oh, remember that time? Oh, it's so funny. You start laughing, and you just and like the the look that they share with each other, and like, when sort of Paulie says good times, and they kind of just have this look where you kind of look at each other, and you're like, God, it was fun. What well, I happened? Wouldn't give to have those yeah. Well, what? Back. Yeah, and what happened? How the hell are we here when we now we don't talk to each other? Um. And, like, that's life. Like, you will always have people coming it out. I'm learning that the hard way recently. But it's just, it's it's still just, it's so well acted and it's so natural. And, like, Absolutely. this is, this is I guess, like, a criticism, again, he goes bend around, a criticism that I kind of have with what the writers did in this season, and you know how much I love this season, is that they give Bobby some great stuff in this episode and the next episode, but it's just too late because clearly the guy's leaving. And, like... I wonder if Bobby, like, this would be an ultimate question, which, and I honestly think out of all these main guys, girls, and actors, it would make guys, you know what I'm saying, the main actors of this show, to get on this program, obviously I've been lucky enough to talk to Michael Beach and Anthony Rebovar, but if we would ever get the other ones on, you would argue Bobby Cannavale is probably going to be the hardest one to ever get. But I would love to ask him, like, because I'll, I'll read sort of a thing in the next episode about the one interview I've sort of found with him about leaving Third Watch. I would love to find out from Bobby Cannavale if, like, he got to this episode, read the script, and kind of got angry and was like, I'm leaving this show because you're doing nothing with my character. Now you give my character something to do as I'm leaving. Because I think that, like, again, as I said with Bobby, like, there's just some interesting stuff to his story, like, and what you could have done with him. I mean, you look at kind of some of the backstories we've got with some of these other characters, there's only so much you can do with Kim. 
There's only so much you can do with Jimmy. Um, you know, Yokus has got a lot of depth to her character, so you can understand why she gets a lot. Doc's got a lot of stuff to him, even though we kind of wasted a bit of that in history. Uh, Sully, clearly. Davis with his dad. Bosco's even got some stuff you can kind of explore. Carlos we're going to get to in a couple of episodes' time. So there are definitely characters where you can understand why you don't get that much because there's not a whole lot you can do with them outside of, oh, okay, they used to sleep with each other, they have a kid, oh, drama. Um, whereas, like, Bobby's just got a lot of stuff going on for him, you know? We got a whole story arc last season with Maddie, and then kind of that's done, and then they just didn't know what to do with him. So, oh, he's a dirty kid walking the street. Let's have him hugging him and washing him. And it just sums up Bobby in a box, his dirty kid. So, it's just... I wonder how if Bobby Cannavale actually got pissed off at the writers for these two episodes. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. Well, I thought he was pissed off at the writers long before that. I mean, because didn't he ask? Yeah, he asked to be written to out. He be written out. Yeah, but that's what I'm. Yeah, that's like I'm sure he was pissed off. But that's what I mean. Like that they knew what they could. And the, the one thing I'll point out too is that these sort of, as we kind of said, the Requiem for a Band Away, now next one, Unfinished Business, are technically a two-parter. Um, and, but they're both episodes are written by the co-creators of the show. John Wells writes this one, Ed Allen Bonero writes the next one. So like our two creators of the show and how good sort of they can do stuff for Bobby. So if Bobby Cannavale like yelling at them, like, why can't you guys write my storylines and do this all the time? Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just feel Maybe bad. have it. I feel bad for Bobby yeah, Cannavale. May, maybe have maybe have bits of the storyline spaced out. Maybe throughout seasons, throughout the remainder of season one and into season two, after the whole thing with Maddie. Yeah, exactly, Exa- exactly, absolutely right. And like, I mean, I say I feel bad for Bobby Cannavale. I feel bad for him and what happened to him in this show because I like Bobby. I like the character. I like Bobby Cannavale as an actor. I don't feel bad for the guy on a grand scheme of things because, as we keep saying, you'd argue he went on to the biggest success outside of this show and he was the first to leave. So, um, yeah, it worked out. It, and, we'll, again, we'll talk about that next episode. It definitely works out for Bobby Cannavale deciding to leave this show. Um, but, yeah, so Bobby and Paulie have great, great sort of back and forth here, sharing the stories. Um, we'll get back to them. But this is kind of the only real positive scene we get between these two. Um, but then we get... Oh, here we go, Darvell. We've had shirtless pretty much everyone else this show. Uh, for the first time, shirtless Sully. <laughs> Which has a big man myself. Can I just say, I'm proud that we get a big man shirtless on screen. So, yes, hashtag big man love. Um, shirtless Sully in bed with Tatiana, basically offering... Big man to, love. Big man love. <laughs> offering... Big man love. Sounds like, sounds like a prisoner. It is. He, he's who I used to... Yeah, anyway. Uh, so, he's sharing uh, this moment with Tatiana, saying basically, oh, I can give you money. Um, you know, what if I helped you out? And Tatiana seems a little bit shocked. You want to give me money? Um, and then basically, this leads to Tatiana saying, oh, maybe we should get married. And this is kind of like a game where it I think you're meant to be... clearly catches him off guard. I, I think, you you know, obviously trying to... This is the part where you are meant to be sort of believing some of the stuff Davis is saying, because this is out of the blue... And then kind of, you know, you can't help but feel for Sully too because that's got to be your first question. It's like, obviously these two have never said they love each other. So, like, when he says, like, well, do you love me? And she's like, well, I like you very much. We have fun. Um, And, of course, your first question is going to be, is this about you becoming legal? Uh, Because, like, I would be thinking that. Like, if I've got a woman asking to marry, like, me and, like, we don't love each other. You barely know her. Like... Without going into, again, it doesn't really stop me in the past going into personal stuff in my life, but like, you know, situation in my sort of life where I was, I don't even know what you classify what we had as, uh, you know, sure, we'd drop the L word here and there and things in time have turned out, things have been said that you don't know what's true or not, blah, blah, blah. But like, there were definitely elements to kind of, in that and how quick and fast and all this sort of stuff was, that there were definitely a few moments where it was kind of alluded to that, hey, let's get married. And, like, I will be completely honest, I would have done it. Um, which, you know, in the grand scheme of things, would have been dumb, dumb, dumb. But when you're in that moment, you know, you kind of are thinking a bit dumb, dumb, dumb. So, yeah, I, I you definitely feel it's for... It's a funny thing. You definitely feel for Sully here because, you know, he's like... he. You can see he not... Ex- it's not like he's completely against the idea. 
Um, but it's, again, props to Skip Sardis for his acting here and just kind of just his facial expressions and his mannerisms here of how he's dealing with this situation. And, you know, again, we've kind of talked about how we've had conversations with Skip and we hope that he'll come on the show eventually. Uh, but, like, this is definitely a storyline that I would love to really get in depth with uh, Skip Sardis about is, you know, him with Tatiana. And on that reunion one that I've sort of brought up a little bit and the question that I did ask to them, uh, I sort of asked, what was your favourite storylines? And, and Skip Sardis did joke on the episode. He said, like, oh, when I got to bang that hot Russian chick. Um, so, <laughs> um, actually, I should have mentioned it a few episodes ago um, for, uh, I've gone blank on the episode, the the cop shooting episode. Was that a hero's rest? Um, yes. Yeah, I should have mentioned that uh, Kobe Bell said in that reunion that was his favourite storyline. Uh, he remembered that one well, the the episode where the, the guy was going around on bikes shooting cops. So, um should have really mentioned that back then, but I just remember that then. So, yeah, props to Skip Sardis. Great acting. And I'm not taking away from Savannah Husk as well. I mean, she does great in what she's dealing with here as well. So, yeah. I just... There's such good acting in this episode, Darvell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know yep. if you anything to say on that? No? All right. Uh, so... No. I usually don't have... I usually the don't have... The silence that I kind of think... Okay, no, right, resp- moving in on. Response, in response to Ben's rant. It wasn't really a rant. That was more of a positive, well, you know. Oh, yeah, fair enough. Um, can, can, can rants be positive? Sure, I guess. Um, other other nice lines here, though, like when she's like, oh, sex is good and you make me laugh. That's If a woman says that to me, I'm marrying them. Um <laughs> <laughs> That's all. There you go, ladies. I'm sure you're queuing up listening to the Oz Network to marry me. Uh, but you know, if that's all you want. Women, get... women do. Women do like Australian accents. Yeah, but then they look at me and realise that New Zealanders are probably sexier. Um, but she says, "Life is not Hollywood movie, John." Um, yeah, it's it's kind of that. And uh, the sweet thing though, like, which is is a nice little moment in sort of a weird scene. Not say weird, but like sort of the conversation matter. When sort of Sally is like saying like, oh, you know, don't you want more than that? When she's like, I give you a good home, I cook, I, you know, raise our kids, I want kids with you. And basically she just looks at him and is like, no, I don't want more than that. And as a person like me, I'm probably in Sally's shoes there. Like, again, like, don't you want more than that? Like, I don't maybe understand when people just want a suburban life, living in the house, raising a family. Like, I'm not saying I don't want that in my life at some point, but I do want more than that at the same time, if you know what I mean. So... Um, yeah, anyway. you you want that, but at the same time, you also want to be able to do things that yeah. you enjoy also, as well. This week on Ben's personal well, life. Uh... <laughs> well, I mean, that can be enjoyable too. I wouldn't know, you know, ra- raising a family and all that. I wouldn't know because I haven't done it yet. Mm-hmm. But you can get enjoyment out of that. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Oh, no, and absolutely you can. And, like, you know, uh, I know a lot of people who are... are their entire life has just consisted of having a family. They've never really, but they've stayed at home. And I'm not, it's men and women. I'm not just, you know, going to use a stereotype of being a stay-at-home mum. They're stay-at-home dads as well. And to some people, that's all they're they're fine with. That's their life, they're, and that's to them they've made it. And like I, I envy that to an aspect that I wish I didn't have such grandiose plans of my life that you know I'm going to just end up as a 60-year-old single man with 50 cats drinking vodka, depressed, podcasting my whole life. Um, not that I don't enjoy oh. podcasting. Listen to the Oz Network featuring Ben Waterworth. Um, <laughs> anyways, like, on topic, on topic, and Ben, on topic. This is a serious I, episode. Uh, I can see, I can... Don't I give can, me positiveness here. See. Don't give me positiveness, Darvell. <laughs> Fine. I'll be like Davis and keep my sunshine to myself. Thank you. I'm Sully here, remember. I'm Mr. <laughs> Negative. All right. Uh, so, um, Well, it could be argued then that you're a little Bosco, too. True. I'm, I'm a bit of everyone. Um, except for Jimmy, and I wish I was like Jimmy. But uh, so we've got <laughs> Bobby and Kim. We've got a bumsicle. Uh, I love the one they say, bumsicle. Um, <laughs> bumsicle, yeah. But I, I do I, like that. There's a kind of a nice little, little scene. I, one thing, like, I feel like I go too much about how Third Watch forgets things and, you know, changes characters' names and does this. Again, that's more of a later season thing. I shouldn't really take away from what they do here. But I kind of like this moment here where Kim's sort of walking with Bobby and is saying about Paul, like, oh, does it make you think of Maddie? And then he's, she's like, oh, have you heard anything from him? No. Uh, so it's, no. Kind of, it's just a brief little passing conversation. But because I, I think what that does, that does well, and we talk a little bit about this in Lost, about fan service, like really kind of dropping references for fans of this show who remember things. And like, 
if you're watching this show, and again, remember 2001, 2000, you know, you've only ever watched these episodes once because unless you recorded them on VHS, you know, you're not going to see these again. So, like, for people who are actual fans of this, love this show, they're going to remember the Maddie storyline and they're probably thinking, like, oh, hang on a minute, didn't Maddie's brother, uh, P- Bobby's brother used to be a druggie? So, I kind of like how they use, uh, sorry, a drug addicted user. I shouldn't say druggie, that's probably in a, uh, inappropriate. Um, but I like, yeah, just this little side reference that Kim brings up. I just, I don't know. I just think it's a nice little fan service moment here that they do. Um, they've got the bumpsicle. Uh, here's, here's Doc. Uh, remember Doc got shot? Last episode? No, he's fine. Um, he's back. He's all good. Doc's healthy. Um, and we got Bosco here. No wonder they called them stiffs. I love Yoko's. Oh, it's sad. Don't you think it's sad? Um, then the phone ringing. They don't know whose phone it is. It's Bobby and uh, it's his yeah. mum. Uh, she's been robbed. So they've all got to rush back to uh, Bobby's mum's house. Uh, Bosco and Yoko's like, oh, is that now precinct? We'll go along and help. And I just kind of like this random little shot you get of Carlos. He kind of just waves at them and you've got Carlos and Doc just sitting there waiting with the old bumsicle. Um, but I, like, this is, again, probably not the time to talk about random character meetings because we're really getting into some heated shit right about now for this episode, so this is not really joking matters. <coughs> but, like, random character, uh, moment here, Darvell. Uh, we've got Yokus and Bosco with Bobby and Kim, first of all, and we've got Bosco and Yokus talking to Bobby's mum. Like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sure. Um, it's, just, it's, yeah, we'll be... it's just random. Yep. But yep, I don't think we'll be seeing that again. Never. I mean, Bobby's mum kind of isn't yep. in anything after the next episode. Um, but so yep. uh, we find out that her, her TV's been stolen, her new computer, her alarm clock, her microwave. <laughs> sure. Um, Who steals an alarm clock and a microwave for... TV and computer, I get that, but who would steal an alarm clock in a microwave? Must be going for some high prices on the street to get some smack. Uh, you got all these drug dealers on the streets in New York. Hey, man, I'll give you 50, 50 grams. You get me one of those alarm clocks. <laughs> <laughs> got to know when to get up so I can be out on the corner. <laughs> I need to get better time management. I need an alarm clock and all the dope's yours, my friend. <laughs> 2,000 two street or drugs a, Just all for alarm clocks And microwaves Man yeah, I gotta I cook need myself a microwave a to, uh, <laughs> just to Need a microwave Holmes yeah. Need a microwave Holmes I gotta cook my burrito Cook myself a burrito A burrito I say <laughs> Come on Ben and Tom They'll be saying serious I need, a, uh, I need an alarm clock To get out To, to know when to get up And get out on the corner Holmes <laughs> Uh, how are we laughing at this scene? Um, <laughs> we find out that uh, her door was still locked when she came back uh, and that there has to be a set of keys. Does anybody else have a set of keys? Bobby all of a sudden says, oh, I've got to go. I've got to go back to work. Um, then we got angry, angry Bobby. Actually, we'll just get a little line. I'll be back tonight, Pissed Mom. off. Uh, angry Bobby going through his house. Um, the keys are missing. Paulie has obviously taken the keys. Dun, dun, dun. Um, so obviously Paulie has robbed Bobby's mum. At least it's implied. I'm guessing it is true because we never get a resolution to it, but obviously it's going to be the case. So, uh, meanwhile, back at the police station, uh, Davis and Sully have arrested a guy with a couple of beers. He thinks he's from Connecticut. Cool. Oh, that was, um, that was funny too. Yeah. It's, it's a it's like, it's, <laughs> it's just random yeah, it's a- funny scene. Yeah, what was it? What was it? Something about you didn't realize it when the car started coming towards you. <laughs> yes. Um, Worse. <laughs> yeah, and then I, I love kind of like when um the guy I don't even know it's just random police officer says oh you got a visitor and then just Sally walks off and he's like oh those are my cuffs like obviously police are very protective of their cuffs. Um, but there's a. Yeah, he was looking to use them in another way later on. Well, particularly with Tatiana just showing up to the uh, to the precinct. Uh, but he, speaking of Tatiana, here she is. She's come to the police house. Um, and we get this captain random guy saying, "Oh, lovely girl, uh, Davis, obviously as well." Gets to see Tatiana for the first time. Um, yeah, it's a nice little scene. We kind of get the background here of why Tatiana's come to the U.S. Obviously, Sergey was sick. Uh, so she sold everything. We we learn a little bit. Like I kind of it's like a nice little moment. We just find out what happened to her husband. Um, she had one, and um, you know, like I love how like Sully's all for like, oh, you had a son and never told me. It's just a passing mention that he she was married once. 
<laughs> I mean, he's fine with that. Um, I mean, okay, you might assume she's got a kid, she would have been married, but not everyone who has a kid is married, so, you know. Um, right. In fact, in fact, that's less common now. Well, exactly. Than it was 17, 18 years exactly, ago. Exactly, exactly. So, uh, but, you know, it's a nice little scene here, and she's like, you know, I made good life for us. Uh, you know, I don't love you now, but maybe I'll come to love you. I don't know. It's just like, it's a nice little scene. It's kind of like, oh. Yeah. You know, and it's like... The calm before the storm. Yeah. So, um, it's 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 a nice little moment. And kind of... <sighs> this is obviously going to lead us into something deep all of a sudden here. But just, I don't know, just quickly talk about this. Because I think we're not really... We're obviously not going to get Tatiana next episode. So, uh, and I, I don't even think we, we... She might be missing for a couple of episodes at least. Uh, at least the next two. She's yeah. not in the self-importance of being Carlos from memory. Uh, so, um, yeah, I mean, it's. I think it's what it's doing well here is that, as I said, it kind of... You are questioning whether or not she's doing this to be legal. But then you get scenes like this, which clearly shows she does like him. And just, you know, that line, I don't love you now, but maybe I will love you one day. I don't know. And just that little kiss that they have, which, you know... Again, we'll see that in the future. <laughs> Makes me cry. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I mean, anything to add? It's just a sweet scene. Yes. Yeah, it's kind of like something that you'd see in a cute little romantic comedy movie. Yeah. <laughs> Sully in a romantic comedy. <laughs> yeah. Could you picture that? No. Uh- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, all right. So, here we go. This is... Holy! Falling open the door, you son of a bitch! Gonna say this right now that yeah. people didn't guess. This is the scene right now. I'm calling it. This is definitely in our top five for the end of this season. Probably ninety percent assured that this is going to be our number one moment for the season, and probably about eighty percent certain certain this will be in our top five best moments of the entire uh, third watch at the end of six seasons. So as Darvell perfectly acted just there. Bobby's banging on the door, yelling at Paulie. Kim's there. The music is fantastic. It's just so tense. Uh, he bursts his way in there, accuses him of stealing. She, He says, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. Um, Bobby obviously sees all the drugs that he scored. So, I mean, again, we never get... You sell to buy this? Never, huh? never get you exact resolution in terms of, you know, whether he did or not. But obviously, he's gotten the drugs. So, clearly, he's gotten some money somewhere. Yeah. Uh, so, he grabs... Bobby grabs his drugs. Paulie's like, you know, that's my stuff, man. Put it down. That's my stuff, man. Put it down. Takes it to the bathroom. Which, can I just say, like... there was an, is it down the toilet? Well, an earlier shot um, <laughs> when we first see Paulie's apartment, when Gina and Bobby go in there, they kind of... They, they kind of pay homage to the bathroom. Like, they kind of linger a little bit with the camera shot as a bit of foreshadowing. So I, I've kind of never really noticed that before. It's kind of like a nice little scene. So he flushes it down the toilet. Well, goes to. He doesn't necessarily flush it down straight away. He puts it in the bowl. Paulie comes in with a gun, holds it up to him. And, uh, of course, Bobby's like, what are you going to do? Shoot me? Put the gun down. What are you going to do? Shoot me. Then, bang. Bang. Shoots him. Music stops. I love the way you got this really tense music and the editing. The editing here is brilliant. Like, this scene alone is obviously very prominent for Bobby getting shot. But just the editing and the way this scene is put together is amazing. And alone on editing and the style of this scene, this is also, to me, what makes this a top five moment. So, Bobby's shot, one shot. He falls back against the wall. He opens his shirt up. He's got a white shirt on, absolutely covered in blood. Uh, Paulie's got the gun still pointed at Bobby, reaches into the toilet bowl, grabs the stuff out of the bowl, and, of course, you hear Kim in the background sort of going, Bobby, Bobby. She then turns, points the gun, puts it right on Kim's head, and just how tense this is. There's no music, there's no sound except for Kim sort of sobbing, please don't do it, then sort of goes to the kitchen, he grabs the needle, and then he runs off. Kim just stands there in shock. Props to Kim Raver. Great acting here. She's just completely in shock. Runs into the bathroom, sees Bobby, and then just obviously, Bobby, come on, talk to me. Bobby, damn it. And what makes this scene so effective, the, the effectiveness of this, though, is obviously the way it fades away, that we fade to black, we get the credits, and we're still hearing her going like, Bobby, Bobby, come on, you know, talk to me. Like, it's just so effective that they are still doing this over the credits. Wow. Um, what a cliffhanger. Um, and again, Will I remember Bobby this. I remember, I remember, remember, remember watching this. Um, I kind of think, Darvell, based on what we've said a lot about the fact that Bobby leaves this show, uh, if you are not seeing next week's episode yet, I'm sure you've put two and two together that whether Bobby survives or not. Um, but 
wow. I mean, this scene is just, yeah. I it's just watching. I've seen this show hundreds of times, maybe not hundreds, but lots of times. Um, and this scene still gets me every single time. Yeah, yeah, me, me too. I don't know if you must add on just kind of yes. what happens here. No. Come on, Bobby just got shot, no. Darville. You've got to have something to say here. <laughs> well, I did he- I did read something a while back that Bobby that Bobby Cannavale, when asking to, when, when asking to be written out of the show, actually said to Ed Benero or John Wells or whoever he talked to about it. He said he actually told them, "Make it big." Mm. Well. Well, that's one way to go out. Yes, they've definitely. done it. Um, I they've mean, done it. I will say, like, I was, again, I said watching this, I was not expecting this to happen. I mean, it's 2001, watching this as a 14-year-old, you don't have things like spoilers and things like that, so you don't, you're not told. Like, to, I think what one thing a lot of people miss when it comes to TV shows these days, with the age of the internet and stuff like that, like, it is most of the time often told when a, a main actor's leaving a show. So it's kind of... I mean, unless you're like Game of Thrones, that where they kill someone off every single week or 24 or something like that. But like, even then, we've lost kind of the whole um, shock value of a major character's death in TV shows. But like, again, right. like you don't like this is back in the day, I guess when the I mean the internet was a thing. Clearly, you know, Bobby's trying to keep his mum up to the internet, um, but it just wasn't as prevalent. And I feel that like actors leaving a show wasn't announced as much back in the day, which caused this to be more yeah. of a shock. So I for that sure, and the you go. And the and the promos of of each episode of a, each new episode of a TV show didn't give so much away back then either. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, yeah. these continue. I mean, if if that show if that if that were a show of today, they would they would you know have one of these characters will not survive, and you <laughs> and you and it would show the particular character in the shot as the voiceover guy is saying it. Yeah. Or they just give you like stupid red They give you stupid red herrings like the um the the one that I've brought up a few times in some of the other episodes which just always I I never forget it was um season 2 of 24 the episode where like those guys are torturing Jack Bauer and his heart stops. Uh, I never forget the ad, mm-hmm. which they like, was here in Australia. I don't know if it was maybe a ripoff of an American, because a lot of the Australian ads are just kind of the American ad, but they just doubled over an Australian accent. But the the ad was like, one thing we will guarantee, at the end of this episode, Jack Bauer will die. And like, 24, Monday nights on Channel 7. And it's like, you know, like, really? Like, I mean, okay, he technically died. His heart stopped for like five seconds. And I think they ended on a cliffhanger from memory, didn't they? That that was the end of the episode. Jack Bauer's yes. heart stopped. So, okay, fair enough. Yes. But, yeah, sure. They're going to kill Jack Bauer off in season two. Um, so, <laughs> I know 24 kind of was famous for killing off main characters, but you knew he wasn't going to die. Um, yeah, they kind of went a bit overboard with it in season five, though. Season five, they made a, they, they went out of their way to get rid of all the major characters. Yeah. Um, which much. is similar to Third Watch, you would argue, because we lose three major characters in season five. Well, technically, season six, episode one for one of them, but she's basically leaving at the end anyway. So, yeah. Um, but, so, like, just the shock value of this, as I said, remember watching this live and obviously what we're going to get into next week with kind of how they do it. And, like, back to what I said at the beginning. How do they promote this? I cannot remember the promotions of it. I, I'll be honest with you. Um, but, like, one thing, I like, sort of as I said at the beginning of this episode, in terms of, like, how he leaves, and I guess, again, I'm not going to flat out say what happens, but I'm sure everybody with a brain knows what's going on. No doubt you figured it out. Um, But, like, again, sort of out of the overall three major characters who leave in this way across the six seasons of Third Watch, again, Bobby basically gets a whole two episodes on this. Uh, So it's kind of, they don't do that with the other characters. So, um, although there is maybe with the second one to get killed off, there is a, which again, we'll get to next episode in terms of what I have a bit of a complaint about what will happen to Bobby here. But anyway, so big cliffhanger. Obviously we're going to get to it next week in Unfinished Business, but I will just say, uh, and I'll probably bring this up again in Unfinished Business, just in terms of the episode airings, there's actually two weeks between these episodes airing. So even like if you were watching this back in 2001, you didn't get your standard one week, like fuck one week, what's going to happen to Bobby? You had to wait two weeks to find out what happened to Bobby. So, um... NBC Monday in two weeks. (laughs) Exactly. The conclusion. 
to the third watch event of the year. Um, pretty well done. <laughs> you, you're doing well with those. So, uh, I mean, again, iconic episode, iconic scene. To I want to do that out. professionally. So, yeah. Well, I think you probably should send in some tapes there, Darvell. You might have a you might have a gig on NBC soon. You'll be putting me to shame. Um, what are we, what are we doing with this app? I think this is an obvious one, is it not? Oh, buying it. Of course. We're buying it. You're on a no bit of a question. streak here, Darvel. Can I just point out? You're on five in a row. Uh, so, good for you. Really? Um, wasn't, wasn't one of the, my, wasn't one of my recent ones, uh, a rent? Uh, your last rent was, uh, history. Uh, you've bought A Hero's ah. Rest, True Love, Judy, Rock and Hard Place, and Reckon for Abandonweight. So, um, if we factor in... Okay, so Ben, I think I'm catching up to you. Well, you've technically only rented two this season. I've only rented two this season. And if we actually classify, sort of, we lock you in with Brandy in terms of the second coast on this show, uh, you're both equal with me in terms of the fact that you've rented two and you've bought every single other one else. The difference is, is that you rent, uh, you rented Kim's Hope Chest, I bought it, I rented duty and you bought it. So that's kind of the discrepancy. We both uh, rented history and Brandy's bought every single episode she's been on this season. So, um, yeah, there you go. That's a bit of statistics for you. Um, so, yeah, unfinished business. Um, I mean, it's a bit of a unique sort of episode in the fact that we're obviously going to deal with what's happened to Bobby here. He's been shot. So that's kind of what the whole episode is. We really get nothing outside of Bobby and also chasing after Paulie. Uh, but we kind of get, like, it's weird with Third Watch and how, like, this isn't a show you sort of associate with, like, fantasy and things like that. And obviously we had a bit of that in After Hours with kind of the ghosts hanging out with them. But um, we kind of get this sort of fantasy uh, purgatory scene with Bobby, um, which, you know... I call it a limbo. Yeah, limbo, purgatory, it's about the same thing, isn't it? Uh, I mean, it's kind of... I. <laughs> I just, I like the fact that they do it, even though it's weird me saying that, because this feels out of place. If you kind of, if you read this on paper, Bobby is in limbo. Will he die? Will he live? Like, you'll think, really? In third watch? That makes no sense. Um, but, yeah, it kind of works. So, um, again, a unique way of getting rid of a character in this way. Uh, that sounds a bit mean, but I think you know what I mean. So, yeah, unfinished mm-hmm. business. Anything to add on unfinished business before we close this episode out? Okay, now I can now I can say it and make it official because I said it an episode early. But get your tissue boxes ready, listeners. Yes, and Ben. Yes. Well, thank you. Well, thank you for my permission. Um, yeah, definitely, <laughs> uh, definitely, definitely, definitely. As I said, back in a rock and hard place, we got some four episode run here, which is some unique ones because you know when we're at the end of unfinished business, what I can preview. Um, wow. Uh, but remember to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, uh, subscribe, all the usual channels, of course, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. And whilst you're there, please, if it would be great, if you could leave us a rating, some feedback, um, we do appreciate that on sort of those channels there. It helps us out a little bit when it comes to getting these episodes out there a little bit more into the public eye. Um, YouTube, Instagram as well, as per usual. And if you've got any questions, comments, you can find us, obviously, as I said, on Facebook. You can email us, yoursnetwork at hotmail.com. Um, and, yeah, plenty of other ways to communicate with us. I'm sure you can find one. If not, then I'm sorry. Uh, but we look forward to bringing you Unfinished Business next week. The episode. We don't really have Unfinished Business here. Um, but my name, <laughs> no. my name uh, is Ben. And, Davel, the sex is good and you make me laugh. <laughs> How do I respond to that? My, my name is Darvell, and need I remind you, Ben, I don't swim that way. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.